Yeah, no, I, I have I have many things to say about this section. Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, the first thing I, like, had a complaint about is, like, this sentence. And then, like, some vile punctuation. He had a word I won't, he added a word I won't repeat. And I'm just like, if I opened this book to this particular line, uh, like I said earlier, if I opened this book and read this particular line, uh, I would know this book was not written by a black person or anyone who spent a lot of time with black people because, like, there are plenty of us who choose not to say it uh, because, you know, uh, in the black community, if you do say it, you're ghetto, crass, yada yada, but it is a choice that we are afforded, and, um, like, saying I won't repeat it is, like, adding some sort of implication that she will somehow be in the wrong or be in trouble that is not true, specifically because Cassie is black. Mm. Well, I think that, it, well, first, there's a difference um, in terms of, you mm -hmm. know, the word, because it seems like this was definitely, like, the hard R situation that this guy's using. Um, I, I think that um, Cassie has a, a very, like, don't ask, don't tell relationship with racism. Um, which yeah, I think, she, yes, is definitely, is, 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 could very well be symptomatic of her being written by, um, a white author. Um, but it, it's not entirely, like, um, it, 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 it does exist, you know, this sort of, especially for, for someone who, it, like, she's a black girl growing up in what I assume is a predominantly white school mm -hmm. and neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um that she would definitely have some avoidance um as like a as like a defense mechanism in the situations um my point is that like yes uh i'm sort of in a similar situation i spent a lot of time in like white neighborhoods with uh, white people like my friends are mostly white uh today uh but, like, even I would have put it as, well, like, the swearing, something I should not say, uh, something I, uh, will choose, uh, like, uh, but, like, also, it's one of those things, uh, a part of the reason why, like, it annoyed me is because, like, we know, and, like, whenever you're talking about, like, uh, a white person addressing a black person and uh it's just like they said well you know what they said uh mm. in a very similar manner to i think uh we had an instance actually where some man uh like they specifically said uh some man said a word to rachel that he really should not have said and like we mm. all know he called her a bitch <laughs> uh because in the context of a man talking to a woman at least in American culture, like, that is what is being said. And similarly, in Black culture, uh, well, not in American culture, a white person talking to a Black person, like, he said, well, you know what he said. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's, like, I a thing that K.A. is not going to have as a white person because, like, she has to think about it Whereas, like, for us, like, we know, and, like, we know you know, and, uh, like, we'll get, I'll give you a second to think, uh, well, like, not. So, so how do you think that would have been written differently, you know, if. Uh, if, if that had been written by, uh, like, someone who was black, or at least someone who like, had a black sensitivity reader, I think, uh, what the line would have been, uh, and then, like, some vile punctuation, he added, well, you know what he had, uh, he said, y you know what he said, uh, that's what I think it would have been, I think it would have been, uh, like, in text, 
You know what he said. To your point, Dirk, the idea that Cassie herself wouldn't make such a a dramatic point of it. It would be like, okay, well, that's fine, whatever. But because mm-hmm. it's a white author using a black girl's voice, it feels overly dramatized to what it, the real life experience may be. Is that what you're saying, Dirk? Yes. Yes, that is it exactly. Okay. I, yeah, I think that there is a, a feeling of like inevitability <laughs> that, <laughs> that I had as like a, re- a, a person of color reading this. Like you mm-hmm. already know, you know, it's coming and you're like, mm-hmm. it, it's not, you know, but this is, this is treated like such a, such a shock and like, you know, one of the most horrific things that has happened in this book mm. is that this character is called this this uh, this white boy is called uh, Cassie a racial slur. Um, even though, really, like, given I- the mm, trauma yeah. they've just they've just snapped from, this wouldn't yeah. register. You mm-hmm. know, in that way. Um, no, I totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just like i just went looking for my boyfriend's body in a river while a dolphin and then i just had to morph <laughs> back from a dolphin in an alleyway and now i'm dealing with you you are like so far down the list of shit that's happened to me today i'm so <laughs> yes. tired with your it's white like basic being... white boy bullshit right it's like being called fat like okay yeah uh find something new uh so well, not like being called fat, but like the same sort of feeling, you know? Mm. So, um, uh, but like the next thing that like uh, really annoyed me is that I-, I think, I honestly think like this little section right here uh, really kind of like fucked me up a little mm. because like she says, I've run into racism before. Mostly I figured people like that were sad, weak-minded fools. But like that is not the reality as a black person. Like you might try to think of them as sad, weak-minded fools, but like I wrote a whole thing in the notes of mm-hmm. um the uh, thing what what did I say? Um uh being called that is not an indicator of a sad, weak-minded fool to black people. Like, if a black person's saying it, a hard R or not, they're ghetto and crass. If it's a white person saying it the way he is obviously saying it, using it as a weapon, that is a dangerous person to be around. Not because of themselves, because, like, uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, south asian or japanese or pacific islander saying that to a black person sure is a giant asshole but they are not dangerous in the way a white person saying it is because whiteness comes with like a backing chorus basically that is not the phrase i'm looking for but it's what i've got right now Mm. and it comes with you know, support. And so, like, if uh, they are saying this to you in this moment, uh, one, uh, they think that you cannot do anything about it to call them out or make them regret it. And two, the most important bit, they are confident that if anybody hears them saying it, that person will be on their side. So, like, it's not just one person saying this to you. It is uh, like being aware that this person is expecting to not get shit for it. And like even in the 90s, like that was a thing, you know, people get shit for because in theory, you know, you're not supposed to. And so anybody who is willing to use that as a weapon against you is not alone and you are not just with a dangerous person you are in a dangerous area you are in a dangerous community Mm. and like uh as a kid like i wouldn't have had quite that much context to put it like that but like i would have known like 
if you if if somebody is saying this to me, I need to get away from here. Uh, specifically that person, but I need to not be where I am. Hmm. And so I I agree with that. Like um, that as like a reaction to hearing um, to hearing that word in in terms of how it's written. I think. It definitely comes off as like, you know, older white person who's a kind of a parent being a little patronizing and like now kids, you know, those those people act like, mm. you know, sticks and stones sort of like statement, you know, like, oh, well, mm-hmm. those people are so small and you don't want to be. I don't know. It just feels a little bit like, I don't know, like a kind of teaching moment sort of thing. Yeah. Um but at the same time in terms of the feeling of safety or or threat um i don't think it would have in terms of the plot it would have um made as much sense for cassie to experience that as like yeah you know particularly threatening given the fact that they were they were just on like you know multiple horrific scenes of war and now they're you know on a college campus with some like random preppy kid mm-hmm. who's not armed mm-hmm. and so i think that i think i think i think cassie's reaction could have definitely been like written better but i don't know if i just don't know if this moment needed to happen really yeah. yeah, it just seems like a very. This whole scene is just very like. This didn't need to ha- be here. It literally yeah. didn't need to happen, even in the story, because like there was no Einstein to, like, there's just no reason. Like they're yeah. they're here for like this rant, this moment to be like, ill racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I like- just. Yeah. I think no. that is the the thing that the conclusion that Jade and I came to when we were talking about this. Like, like could this have been written better? Absolutely. Did it need to be here at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad. It's bad to have both of those counts against you. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one or the other. Yeah. It can be if done well, put it but here. not necessary. Or it can be necessary, but not done well. But both of those things are is, <laughs> is rough. It's rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I do hear what you're saying about, like, Cassie not needing to be scared in this moment it's just it's talking about her historical mindset about mm. people like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that oh um, yeah there yeah. could have been a moment of like you know normally this would have been really alarming or i would have right. been trying to you know but yeah right. that, mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. definitely get that yeah so but uh, yeah, this is the part where Vister Four has seriously begun to fuck up. Mm-hmm. So, but he doesn't even know what he's doing, really. No. Yeah. Like he's just like, I'm just gonna go to like some stuff that I like. It just seemed like he didn't really do a lot of research before starting on this no. trip. He didn't go to the library and like you know like check. He some read stories, like one book. Sort of like yeah. yeah. <laughs> It seems like he's relying partially on just the on his host's memory yes. of things. almost certainly. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his big. host was like, you know, Axe, I didn't study in that class because I'm a theater nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I mean, the, the fact that he, he's just picking up on the notes, like, okay, Agincourt, we know was spite. Crossing of the Delaware, I assume most like elementary kids are probably taught about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, D Day, every kid's probably taught about that. And like the little, knowing the exact date that Einstein was at Princeton, maybe Berryman went to Princeton or maybe just happens to, like, I know buckloads of fucking trivia just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. I like knowing trivia. You want me on your pub quiz team, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, just, like, the notion of Visiful, like, racking through John Berryman's memory, just like, fuck, I need a significant historical day. What have we got? What have we got? What have we got? My son was at Princeton in 1932. 
I don't know what I'd do with that, but okay. Yeah, yeah let's kill Isaac. That sounds right. That sounds like a like a. <laughs> that sounds like, like a super villain some, thing. Yeah, have some, exactly. <laughs> And, like, the kids didn't do all of their research, but they have the very good excuse that they were yeah. not prepared for this shit. Yeah, they had no, they had no uh, time. They were, it was just like, like... They all yeah. pick him where they go. And also, Tobias's first thing, like, the second he can get his hands on a history book, he does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why mm-hmm. we support our nerd. Just like, yes. <laughs> King. Yes. But yeah, they weren't primed with like a syllabus of like where you yeah. know, <laughs> where Mr. Four was going to take them. And, and the um, thing is, they also say like they don't know certain things. Like none of them mm-hmm. know about Agincourt because why mm-hmm. would they? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. It was just interesting that most of the time they're just trying to like they're just trying to find um, Visser Four. Or like survive, mm-hmm. but when D Day happens, now they need to like they they feel like they they need to be involved like like mm-hmm. really directly in like yeah good point w- what happens in this war it's a very interesting uh, shift mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think the idea is supposed to be kind of like the way we had this whole of course when Cassie is called the N word she's gonna she's gonna like you know morph into a polar bear Mm -hmm. and and show him what's what and we're taking time out of our day for this very special episode about (laughs) how you shouldn't be racist because a polar bear will crush your face (laughs) Um, and here we get of course it's universal acknowledge that like when there are nazis you, you know, you throw down, like period. There, we think. Yeah. I mean, there's there no. Is, to um, be fair, yeah. And this is there not are like, Nazis. Also... You throw down. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I, this is. What, I, alluded... I don't mean. <laughs> I, know, I do not yeah, mean I know to suggest. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That you okay. don't punch yeah. a Nazi. We're all <laughs> pro punching Nazis. Okay, yeah. I'm uh, not yeah. suggesting <laughs> that neutral attitudes about Nazis, but I mean, yeah, the way. I, okay. I mentioned it earlier. I feel like that uh, when we I was talking earlier about American exceptionalism, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. always get the vibe, and you see it a lot in American written movies about World War Two, which is just mm-hmm. like, and then America came in and saved the day because yep. that's what we do. Just like bitches, you did not get involved until the war came to you. Yeah. So can we not? And then yeah. like, it was almost over at that World point. War... Yeah, just like. Yeah, we you wouldn't have won that war if we hadn't got involved. And just like, mm, okay, yeah. fine. And it wasn't but it that... wasn't because of like the, you know, we were just America was just so moved by the no. horrors the and the, right. It's, the... it's, it's, it's yeah. not that's not really the story. But we yeah. really love that to retelling story. of like mm-hmm. this is yeah. all about the, the Doing atrocities the right thing. that yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it, it was super not yeah but also like if you're grown up with that just like these are the bad guys america fought them we should fight them this mm-hmm. is what the right thing to do is because mm-hmm. the kids do want to do the right thing and they've just been taught okay well in that situation this is the right thing Maybe and thing is, what they're doing is such like mm-hmm. a tiny drop in the ocean or a fucking grain of sand on the beach in a mm-hmm. massive conflict, and it's not yeah. like the role they're playing against the Yurks, mm-hmm. where they are pivotal players. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the difference they could have made to D Day is, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and, and they're and it just goes they to get say about so the scale up. of D Day. Yeah. yeah, they get swept yeah. up into like. Uh, you know they they it's not even i mean they think even uh i don't know if it's tobias or rachel that says explicitly like i'm not even i don't care anymore about visor four mm-hmm. like i'm here to like you know be yeah. be a part of this pivotal war but it's not the war that they think it is and they're not mm-hmm. pausing to like to really reflect on that like wait these aren't these aren't the armies we expected that you know this isn't they just they don't actually know what's happening but there's just the the, the mm. narrative of d-day is so strong in them <laughs> they're like this is the this is what we need to be doing um we need to be throwing grenades and we need to be like you know mm-hmm. at, 
assassinating Hitler and, like, and there's yeah it's like, like and, you... and I can understand like from Rachel's perspective like and I'm not gonna speak extensively on this and we talked about it briefly but as a Jewish a young Jewish woman like mm. who's already in the mindset of I will fight and destroy my enemies because I can. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing, and also I, to be clear, I think it's also clumsily handled. But it feels like that it's not like that's the justification they give for her being that way. But you can feel this undercurrent there, which is frustrating because for the most part, I genuinely quite like how they handle Rachel talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dirk, you made some notes in our document about it. Um, uh, just her yeah. delivery of that line. Uh, what was it? Uh, no, I I know. Oh yeah, you, uh, she spoke with no special emphasis or anger. So I follow uh, a lot of Jewish people on Tumblr. Uh, because uh, one of my friends on Discord uh is Jewish, and I started following them on Tumblr. Uh, for reasons uh, uh entirely, uh, because of the Magnus Archives. I'm just gonna say it because of <clears throat> podcasts. I started following them on Tumblr, but like. They're also Jewish, and in the way of Tumblr, like you start to get this insight into people because they were blog things that are close to their heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that comes up, uh, and actually another one of my friends who I hadn't realized uh, was Jewish and I had been following forever, like I guess uh, there's more of a presence of Jewish people on Tumblr lately. I don't know. But like they were also posting a lot of stuff about Jew- being Jewish, being raised Jewish, growing up in the synagogue, whatever. And um, like she says this like with no special emphasis and no anger. And that's something that a lot of the people I uh, follow who are Jewish, or at least the people they were blogging who are also Jewish, uh, say is that like this cultural wound of the holocaust is uh, like uh almost background noise uh because it's just kind of the constant of their life and like obviously i'm not jewish uh but what i put in the notes is that like if it's anything like being black in america then like i can get how this is just like the refrain in the back of your head um and so it's more current uh because obviously the holocaust is more recent than you know the beginning of american slavery but like still like i I get it so but that was that was what i put in the note about that Mm. so is anybody talking? Did I kill nope. everything? Nope. We're nope. we are listening. Nope, you're good. I'm, I'm yep. just I'm just gathering my thoughts because I just I feel like there is a um I just I I feel like there is a I don't know like a weird like discrepancy in terms of like how they react mm. to the situation. Um in Oh no, you you are abs- <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yo, no, no, because I, I just, I, like, I, everything you're saying, like, I, I, like, I, I totally understand is just that it seems like in every other situation, in the wars, mm. with genocides, with, you know, people sacrificing themselves, they, they understand, like, they don't lose sight of, like, the bigger picture, you know, something they, mm. they're constantly kind of trying to, like, stay focused on is, like, the, the mission and, like, the and the whole the you know the bigger stakes of like the the war the for humanity you know but Mm -hmm. in 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 this situation somehow they they end up getting very lost um and i i think it's it's interesting that it's it's told in a way where we're supposed to it seems like the reader is supposed to think like well, of course, this is this is the moment when everything would break down. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and all of the other tragic circumstances that they've been in and um, 
things that they know, you know, when they've gone back in the past and, and had to watch or know that things, terrible things would happen later and they still, you know, stuck with it because this needs to happen because this is, you know, part of the, part of a bigger plan. This moment, D-Day, is when they just, they can't, like, you yeah. know, um, stay true to that anymore. And it's, um, and, and it's supposed to, it's supposed to be very, obvious that that would happen that like of course everything they've seen and done and been through and suffer they've all died before and they've all whatever this is the thing that's just like it's too much and you know um i feel like it's a very it's very western um take on history you know i don't know if It's just interesting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think yeah, you're yeah. right to highlight it. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I was uh, talking specifically about specific phrasing in a specific moment. But, like, mm. you are 100% correct that it is weird uh, and slightly off-putting that this is the moment where, like, they all kind of fall apart on this and get mm. distracted. And like you're you're absolutely right. That is weird and not handled well. So okay, as long as I'm, it's it's clear that I I I am firmly anti-Nazi. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we, nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to listen to this and think that's salty. I was really, I'm like, forever. I really need to explain this because I'm very afraid. No, you're, you're, that you're totally. This is what... Oh God, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no. We, we, we are all familiar with sometimes saying a thing and like you know what you mean, but mm -hmm, like it yeah. came out wrong. So, like, we are all, like, very willing to listen and let you explain yourself. Great, and, great. And, like, <laughs> also, I have commentary about, like, Hitler uh, in this strange canon. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, you're not even, you are so fine. <laughs> oh, let's get, oh, let's talk about it then. I'm curious what you think about, what your notes were about Hitler. Uh, yeah, so, uh, like, I'm skipping over a few things. Uh, but, like, down at the bottom, uh, like, um, what, uh, Tobias is just like, I'm gonna fucking kill Hitler. <laughs> and Cassie is like, okay, yes, that's Hitler, but that's not Hitler. Mm -hmm. Uh, because in this universe, like, it's still the same man with the same, like, uh probably like propensities but like also he doesn't have the power here he is just an old man driving a tank mm -hmm. and like i'm with her on there is no reason to kill this man because this is not the man you want to be killing mm -hmm. um and um like on the one hand i can understand like having a visceral upset and a visceral desire to kill Hitler and get rid of, you know, the father of Nazis. But A, again, this is not that man uh, in mm -hmm. this particular timeline. And B, Hitler did not come out of nowhere. Again, mm -hmm. this is notes from, like, my friends I follow on Tumblr who are Jewish. Mm -hmm. uh, and them going, like, Y'all, anti-Semitism did not start with Hitler. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a reason why people were willing to let this happen, and it's because people have been shitting on Jews since fucking Rome. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and, like, a lot of them are frequently just like, I'm so frustrated by the focus on the Holocaust. Uh, mm -hmm. Not, and, and they're always uh, careful to clarify not from our own culture, because that is a cultural wound, but from people who are not Jewish, mm. because it's like, you recognize that, you know, Hitler uh, is bad, and Hitler did a bad, 
but like you don't think about like all the casual anti-semitism that is built mm. into american and western culture and society mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it, it's like the whole people can use it as thing well i'm not like that so i am not X. Yeah. like the people yeah. that refuse to admit that they could be racist because we mm. live in a white supremacist society and you are taught that shit and you it doesn't have to be a conscious act it's you have to make the decision every day to unpack mm-hmm. that shit mm-hmm. and work mm-hmm. like just like i'm not hurling slurs at strangers so i'm not a racist in fact mm-hmm. you're a bad person for calling me a racist mm-hmm. and it's like and you see the same thing like there's some interesting stuff going around about gender critical thinking and how these women are being called on their bullshit for the first time in their lives. So they're getting <laughs> defensive and going after a target mm-hmm. group because, no, I'm a good person. I'm defending women's rights. Just like, mm. mm-hmm. but again, like that holding up of just like, well, Hitler is the worst human to ever. It's just like, uh, you heard of Pinochet? Like, there are plenty of people doing yeah. bad shit, horrifying atrocities yeah. in the world. It's not even the first genocide. Right. No, it's not. And it's like there's um I think one one thing that could have been commented on but kind of I don't know if it really if it really hit home was that apparently there was still some sort of Nazi equivalent even though Hitler was just a driver. Mm. Right? So yeah. there's like there's the sense there that could have been um, quite a an excellent point to kind mm. of bring up that this yeah. is something that was coming. Yeah, fascism is not unique to the Nazi regime in nineteen mm-hmm. that started in nineteen thirty three. Like uh, gestures to the world around us at present. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, right. fascist and ideology like... thrives in places where there has been suffering and people mm. and like tr- and like there's read some much better writing than me rambling incoherently on an episode of our animals podcast there is a lot of great literature and thoughtful insight that people have talked about but to salty's point there it's not unique to this circumstance just because it's the one that we're taught about most in schools mm-hmm. 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 and uh yeah so th- but like I'm 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 with Cassie. Like there is no reason to kill this particular man, because uh, like I did miss that there was like uh, a Nazism analog. Because again, I rushed through the latter half of the book and I was very tired. So <laughs> you're valid. Because uh, they mention like a symbol. It's not quite clear what. Yeah, it's it's like, like I- half the French flag and half the German flag, but that doesn't have the. The oh, where is yeah, it? it's not clear the, the swastika or if there's like a yeah um, yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's a different it's, symbol because it's unclear. They purposely yeah. it yeah, but it's clearly not the symbol they recognize. Correct, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah. But I think what do you think about the fact that um, Tobias does end up killing him? Uh I honestly, the fact that the oh whoopsie whoopsie doodle my <laughs> knife slipped is really annoying. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a I hate out. that it's it it is a cop out is what it is. It's just like oh we're yeah. gonna have this really engaging conversation, then by accident it's going to happen anyway, and it renders the whole conversation pointless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. like narratively speaking, like it's good character work to see. But then it, it takes away his agency as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, now you don't have to make the decision, bud. Yeah. It's like, like kind of, I, uh, it's a way of choosing both, right? To yeah, be like, yeah well, right? Like, <laughs> you didn't choose to do this, but the theoretically bad man, definitely bad man in our timeline, did mm-hmm. do the shitty thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we the talk, same we thing talked with... In... Oh, sorry. Go on. No, oh, I was just going to say, uh, I was just going to say, they do the same thing uh, with uh, John Barrowman and uh, Barryman. Barrowman's Barryman. the real actor. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! I did not get Wait, that. You didn't get what? I, um, I it. It's the the actor's the host body of Visa Four is an actor called John Barryman, and there is the actor John Barrowman who played uh-huh. Captain Jack in Doctor Who. So just and I made the mistake. close name. 
Yeah, I made the mistake because I know uh, John Barrowman, and that was the name that came to mind. Okay. Yep. yep. I did not catch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they uh, they they make the same, like, they do the same thing with him n- failing to exist. Uh, mm, right, yeah. Because... While they're busy arguing about it, his mom gets distracted and doesn't meet his dad. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that's all I was going to say. I think I interrupted yeah. uh, somebody saying something. Yeah. I was just, I can't loop, but I, like, if you're interested, please go back and listen to me ranting about them talking <laughs> about the ethics of somebody being made non-alive after they've lived a life. I got very angry about it because... <laughs> I'm also the person, uh, sort of your reference, who gets very agitated about the uh, regurgitation of the is it right to give morph humans mm-hmm. debate. And it, it, I just get very passionate about it. And by passionate, I mean loud, mostly. <laughs> um, Danielle is very So wait, what does that mean? Does that mean you, that you are, you think I don't see the something? I don't see the ethical issue with morphing humans and i don't think there is anything wrong with having talked to the man and he sort of basically said yeah this is where you will find my parents knowing what they're going to do to then go oh they did a really bad thing they basically murdered that guy no no they didn't no (laughs) they never happened yeah and like he knew what they were doing he like you can see in the story him figuring out why cassie is asking Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but also, what are the odds of him remember knowing the exact like daytime location of when his parents? Right. Were I don't know. If weird. my parents were weirdo hippies, I say that like my parents weren't weirdo, <laughs> definitely hippie esque types. Imagine being this. They, they give off the vote. Oh yeah, it was the sixties. We were in love. We <laughs> met in a record store. Like I could, especially if like these are parents like, that the support day? their son going into acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The date, like, because right, I always right, get the right. vibe. It's it's San. I think it's San Francisco that they're mm-hmm. in. Rather, because I thought, it's oh, a, is this Woodstock? Because it's got it. a vibe it's a story of Woodstock, they, but Woodstock is New York. But yeah, yeah, it's a story they like to tell. Okay. You're saying that yeah. they okay. Yeah. Because, like, all I know about my parents' meeting is that they met in Chicago, and I think my mother was in college at the time. Yeah, so. like, I, but there's the vibe of there being, like, a festival or something happening mm-hmm. as well in the background, like, so mm-hmm. something that would, in yeah. theory, be easy to yeah. remember. So I, yeah. I, I'm happy to let that slide. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not the the thing in this book that bugs me the most. <laughs> 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 There are so many other reasons to complain about the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly that. I thought it was sort of like I thought John Berryman was just like a sad. This is a sad thing because he, you kind of. It seems like the story is trying to tell you, like, yeah, you know, he's no real loss. You know, he wasn't even. He wasn't. Yeah, even good he wasn't even job. a good actor. He wasn't. Even like, a good yeah. Actor. He's, <laughs> He's it depressed does have a little mean spirited. When when she when Cassie like asks him about his parents, he knows, and he's just like, yeah, I don't really care that much either. Okay. <laughs> like, to be fair, a... if he he is also like the notion that he's been fighting for a really long time, and this is a way mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. the yeah. people that have basically kept him. Like I can understand it, but also yeah, you're right to put out just like he's a little. <laughs> Sad sack esque, and the narrator's just like, it's okay that the kids are wiping this guy out from existence. Even he thinks he shouldn't be around anymore, which is yeah, a little bit too close to my occasional yeah. ideation and depressed mood. Just like, mm, yeah, oh, I could be wiped from existence. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like big depression mood. <laughs> just like, yeah, mm. what if my parents so, died? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Do we have any closing thoughts, my friend? We've been at this three hours and you guys have had some wonderful insight that I've really enjoyed hearing. Um, But I appreciate other people have things to do on their Sundays. Uh, So are there any like closing thoughts that we'd like to chat about and sort of wind down our discussion for today? There are 13. (laughs) (laughs) They sure are. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, uh, I did have one thing that I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit. Um, uh, I, I skipped past it. This is one of the things that I did skip past. Uh, so, like, uh, there's, um, in D-Day, in the D-Day scene, there mm -hmm. is Axe, like, dwelling on the things that he had done, uh, fighting Quirk. Bajir controllers fighting Taxons, uh, fighting Hessian soldiers, and like, uh, uh, Danielle, this is a note you made, and mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, is there a specific reason here that you're highlighting the Hessian officers, uh, at, as a contrast to the Taxons and the Hork Bajir controllers, besides, yeah. you know, the obvious? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, um, uh, the, the, the thing that you're referring to for the listener is uh, Axe is it, it reads as him comparing children dying in the Holocaust to him killing people in war and also mm. killing the Hessian officer. Um, and the reason why I specifically highlight like this is a terrible contrast for the Hessian officer and not quite as bad for the uh, the hork and Taxons is mostly because the Hork-Bajir and Taxons are ostensibly innocents. They don't have a choice in what they're doing. Um, particularly the Hork-Bajir. The Taxons, it, you can make an argument that, you know, they made a deal with the devil and, um, you know, they are paying for it um, every day. Um, but the... Uh, there is a sense of they hmm, the hork and taxons that die as part of the war are not dying as a result of their own choices whereas the mm. hessian officer is okay i, like I the, thought it might be something like that but yeah. i couldn't make my brain connect it yeah it's because like the hessian officer is yes he would not necessarily have died had axe not been there but he did choose to go to war with mm -hmm. the knowledge that that entails, right? Of I could die. Like they are, he's going into that with the, that possibility on his mind. Whereas like mm -hmm. the Hork and Taxons have zero choice in that matter. Um, yeah. So that, that's why I, I, specified the contrast with the hessian officer feels really really gross in a way that the contrast with the hork and taxons doesn't feel quite as gross um okay yeah that's it that's cool i mm -hmm. my question answered <laughs> no it's a good question um because when you when when you pointed it out i had not interrogated why i had that thought um and then when you pointed it out i was like oh yeah yeah that it i understand why i would think that but i had never even like stopped to interrogate it at all um mm. so yeah yeah nope that's that's fair <laughs> oh right. any other thoughts Sad about Benny Hours. <laughs> um, always sad about Benny LaFontaine. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, Salty, if you haven't listened to Dumb Kids Playing Hero, <laughs> I have a podcast for you. Okay. <sighs> um, and uh, you should recommend uh, your podcast to our listeners. Yeah, where, where can people find y'all? Uh, let's start with Salty. Um, well, I... My podcast is called The Dome Ship. It is also um, a recap podcast of Animorphs. Um, I have had, um, all of us have had, have had quite a year, but um, there's just been um, a lot of, a lot of good things and some pretty awful things that have happened and have mm. uh, um, definitely delayed um my show and i want to um to to be regular to be posting regularly again because i really love it so mm. um yeah definitely check 
check that out. Um, I have, you know, very detailed discussions. It's meant for people who um, haven't read the books mm-hmm. um, to be able to follow and in- experience the story um, in a different way. And yeah, I had a, had, there's there, there's some there's some sound effects and uh, <laughs> I have a good time. Yeah, uh, you should definitely go listen to Salty's podcast. Uh, I have listened to a few of the episodes, not all of them, mostly because I want to, don't want to influence our own discussion here too much. Um, mm. But uh, I have listened to a few of your episodes, and they're very good. I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Definitely, definitely check that out if you're a fan of Animorphs and want more Animorphs discussion in your life. Uh, Dirk, where can people find you? Uh, I am on the Hope's Hearth podcast, which is uh, an actual play podcast. It is a sci fantasy actual play podcast um, about the universe in which a planet called Hope's Promise exists. Uh, that planet is a luxury communism, luxury space communism founded by alien refugees. And that's where we start, but um, we definitely branch out to explore lots of different other planets. We go visit Capitalism Hell and see what <laughs> that's like. And um, uh, it's mostly us playing uh, short GM-less games, and we're breaking it up with a longer arc in between. So we've got bunches of short games, a few longer games, and um, our I think our second season uh, has just uh, recently started. So we've got some stuff coming out. And um, you can find us at Hope's Hearth Pod. Uh, You can also find uh, HS Enclave on Twitter. And you can find Hope's Hearth wherever you get good podcast content. Hell yeah. Uh, I do the editing for Hope's Hearth. It is an extremely good time. You should definitely go listen to it. Uh, uh, it's... We're very gay. We're just incredibly gay all the time. Yeah, it's very gay and very good uh, is the thing. Um, and they play a lot of really interesting games. So if you're you know, curious about what the indie uh, tabletop role-playing game scene is all about, uh, you can definitely go listen to them uh, play a variety of uh, different small games. Uh, small being like from individual creators, not necessarily from like publishing corporations. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh, you can also find them on their home podcast, Follow the Leader, which is another GMless actual play podcast uh, where they focus on. Uh, a lot of very strongly character-driven stories. They play basically the same cast of characters in a wide and branching series of alternate universes. They just started their sixth season uh, and they are doing some phenomenal stuff there. Um, I am privy to some of their behind-the-scenes discussions and let me tell you, it's gonna be amazing. Uh, Definitely check it out. uh, If you're and if you're in the market for more amazing actual play, you should check out the room where it happened. Uh, their third season is imminent. Um, <laughs> that is Roomware Pod on Twitter, uh, or you can uh, come and hang out in the Discord link, to which is in our show notes, where we talk about obviously this podcast in our podcast channel. But there's all manner of things, and you mm-hmm. can find Danielle themselves at Red Tail Talk Ninety on the internet, including itch.io, where you can pick up some of the games they have written, including the one we play on the aforementioned Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Uh, Would you like to imagine uh, a Yurk invasion as played out by a bunch of uh, 20-something Bostonians? Um, (laughs) Let me tell you, the episode's gone live, right, Danielle? Uh, This week? Yes. Uh Uh, We just crashed the uh, blade ship into the moon. (laughs) <laughs> did you i haven't listened yet because i'm yeah. i'm a pleb i'm so sorry Doug. no um, like honestly I, I figured it was going vaguely that direction <laughs> the way, game i chose they weren't going to fail <laughs> yeah 
Um, but yeah, if you're intrigued to know what happens after there is no hiding the Yerks anymore, uh, me too. Check out season three. <laughs> we have no idea what's going to happen. Incredible. Yep. Yep. Let your players dig holes for you. Uh, and then just try to figure out how to get out of them. Or don't. Just dig deeper. Just di Just keep digging. What you need to uh, do is tunnel underneath your players and let them fall into the hole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, with right. that, let let's let's close up here. Uh, well, let's do a clap. Um, yeah, back to time. Dot is. I closed that window. Yep, that's okay. that's okay. Everybody does it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Let's do a clap at. Uh, 10 seconds? 10 seconds. Okay.